Hey everyone, welcome to NFT Tales, our podcast about our adventures in NFT land. My name is Jonathan Smith. And I'm Jeremy Craig. And this is episode 19 of the podcast titled Addition by Subtraction. Tonight we're going to talk about some big news in the NFT world. We're going to talk about kind of what we're into and what's going to go- going on in our NFT world. And then we're going to follow up a little bit and talk about uh, media rights and in particular why that's been a big part of the the, the narrative in the NFT space. Uh, let's do it, Jer. Yes, sir. All righty. Welcome back, John. You know, I know this is kind of going to intertwine on itself, but part of the new segment this week is going to contain one of your favorite subjects and, and, you know, something we've even made memes about you with. So, you know, IP rights, intellectual rights, and two of the biggest collections in all of NFT land. So what happened and why is that important for all of us that own NFTs? No, hold on. Go ahead and tell the news. Go ahead and give everyone the headline because I'm sure everyone here has heard it, but just in case. So those of y'all that don't know, Yugi Labs, Yu-Gi-Oh! Labs, whatever, um, basically the people behind, you know, the monkeys bought the people behind the punks. So we now have the two biggest collections, so to speak, that have been talking about the flipping and, and arguing over which one was going to be, you know, more important to NFTs and more value and um, obviously with the punks, there was a V1, V2 issue and there still kind of is, right? Cause now that there is some rights, like how, who's going to get the rights, the V2 and V1s just get screwed or. Okay. Yeah. Let's so jump, into deal. jump into so it. So that's the bottom line is that the punks, yeah, the, the apes on the punks. So there's two parts of this. There's, as Jeremy talks about, what got part of the announcement, which was the usage rights. But before we even get into that, why did Larval Labs jump off? Why did this happen? I'm just going to say it. People like me to just spin straight on this podcast, and I, and I don't like to hold back. They weren't built for this space. Punks blew up. They wanted to monetize that in some way, but due to the lack of clarity over rights around the punks, due to the lack of clarity over their own rights and media usage, due to, due to just a lack of clarity how they can monetize other than just selling out of their own wallets the punks they had left over, they didn't really want to engage with the community. They didn't want to engage with all the other stuff going on, like with the V1 and all that stuff. They didn't want to clarify things because what they want to do is get paid for being the birth of the creators of this cultural phenomenon. And I get it. You know, you make the next Disney, you make the next whatever. People want to get paid, right? Yeah. And the way that it kind of blew up, they didn't charge anyone and all that. Like it was an experiment with them that just kind of went nuts. And in the old world, it'd be a start over. Those guys would get hired somewhere, you know, they, then that would get rolled into whatever. And so what we're seeing is, is now that Web3 is growing up, it's just like the old world where they just get acquired. So where they get acquired by, with the only, the other project that culturally is kind of flipped the punks and value wise, you know, for a while, I don't know where it is now. I'm not. I don't follow the floors, but yeah. whatever, you know, they did flip them for a while. Definitely have had like a bigger cultural presence recently. I, I would say is a cl- fair thing to say. Uh, oh, the yeah. two of them, you know, has the broader collection where punks are just the punks. Well, they have like the mutants and the dogs and all that stuff to kind of have a ecosystem around it. Mm-hmm. And so they just added punks to the ecosystem. Um, they also added me bits, but you know what? I personally, I'm a, this is just like dunk moment. I think me bits was just them trying to get paid. I think me bits in the long run was just LL saying, well, we didn't get enough off punks. So this is crazy auction on this 3d thing. That's not going to be, 
anything. And I mean, now it'll probably be some great 3D avatar because it'll get quiet or something. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but they didn't have a plan for it like that. I think they're just trying to get paid. Your turn, Jer. Well, and judging by the market's reaction and, and you know, obviously it spiked with the news, but it, it bottomed pretty quick afterwards. Um, so it, it was the one of the three collections that, that saw the biggest boost, but then immediately lost whatever traction it had. So I, I, I kind of would have to agree with you on that. Well, and it shows a bigger thing, though. Like, in this whole space, you really want to... What's a blue chip? Everyone throws around the term blue chip, blue chip, blue chip. Everyone wants all their collections to be considered a blue chip. Right now, there's two blue chips. Don't fool yourself. Anything else you call blue chip, it's just like on the way there. There's two blue chips. They just merge together. They just took over the elite layer of the market. And who knows what that'll mean later on. I personally think that in a way, it is a good thing for the space just simply because it was not good for... Laurel Labs to have this important role whenever they really didn't want to be in there. They didn't know how to fight the fire. They didn't want to clarify those rights. So now let's get to the other part of it, the part I'm excited about, you know, I'm excited about, which is in the announcement itself. They say, oh, and by the way, this means that you get rights to your punk. Clear as day. It's over. There's the standard. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do. That's why no matter what, I like this news because that clarity is going to clean up a lot around what happens with the punks going to allow them to stay a a cultural mainstay. Plus I really think that, and I have that had this discussion on Twitter. I don't know. Some people don't agree, but I really think that it's going to help establish that punk standard of you can do what you want to do with your NFT commercially or not to be the standard. For anything that's new IP. So for existing IP, whenever Disney rolls out NFTs and Ubisoft rolls out NFTs and blah, 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 those won't have that standard. But I think that because of this news and because of the cultural phenomenon of the big two kind of having this be the standard, I think at least maybe on the ETH chain, we'll see that if you're the type of project that wants to hold back all the rights, cut off commercial rights and that sort of thing, People notice it'll be taken negatively. Maybe, hopefully, that, that's like maybe my pie in the sky dream. Um, it would be what I would like to see. But I love seeing it in the announcement. I love that being part of the conversation for a couple of days. I had so much fun running over Twitter and dunking on people that were like, "Well, what are you going to do with media rights?" And it's like, well, I happen to make a podcast where it's very important and pivotal to whether or not we use that as one of our subjects. Yeah, or we get in trouble for it, right? So, um, I don't know. I think. I think. We're going to have to see how this works out. I think there's a lot of... Oh, we're definitely going to have to see how it works out. I like discussing it. I saw a lot of memes, obviously. Some of my funniest ones are the... And I guess they weren't even memes. Some of them were just tweets. But one person said, it's like Solana bought Ether. And we're like, no, it's like Ether bought Bitcoin, you idiot. But nice try. I mean, it's nice to give Kevin a break on the meme side at the very least. So that was getting a little old. But, you know, to that end, you bring that up. I think that a lot of the discussion now is going to be what happens next. So there's rumors about a Disney acquisition in the space. Maybe I don't know about that. Why would Disney want to buy? First of all, why would they want to buy this new mega, this new mega company that's given away rights? They don't want to do anything that's going to give away rights. Like, yeah, they rely on monetizing IP commercially 
They're not going to allow other people to do it. Even the, even the double dip where the project can monetize the IP, and which is almost every project, that's how it is. That's the Bayak standard, actually, is that both sides can do it. It's a non-exclusive license is what they call it. Mm-hmm. I don't see Disney ever allowing that. I mean, I, I see them almost dying, like, like an IBM, Apple-type situation where like they're just knocked off by some other giant that gets built because they'd go down with the ship almost. Like I just don't see that happening, but yeah, smart people run that company. It's a lot of money. We'll see. I'm, you know, and obviously that's been the rumors. Everybody put out something that said Disney was going to buy Dapper, which obviously would, you know, I'm pumping my bags here. My top shot and your all day bags would definitely benefit if, if they did that. But um, like you said, I don't know that, you know, those aren't Web2 companies, but I don't know that a, a company of the current status quo is going to function in, in Web3 land very well. Almost like you said, they're just not fit to survive there. So they're not going to look to go there because there's too many obstacles to success for them. But I've actually seen more of those type of companies going to Tezos than anything else. There's a little hot tip. People wanting some mouth nice. in this thing. Um, whenever I actually look at like there's been an announcement recently of different music companies and all that trying to go to the NFT world. I dig into the press release, the website and all that. And I find out that they're often using the Tezos blockchain. That's kind of turning into almost like the corp uh, preferred blockchain. Obviously flow is there, but Dapper Labs drives flow. Mm-hmm. There's no one else really on flow creating IP anywhere near the same value of what Dapper Labs has on that chain. Right. Right. I mean, even, even the biggest, PFPs in that market are the ones that are tied to what Dapper Lab has going on on that chain. And so, I mean, yeah, buying them would be like buying that whole ecosystem. But but, I, but I, it has been kind of fun. Like, it's like, yeah, let's pump my bags by throwing the word Disney next to it or whatever. Like, look, yeah, everyone's wanting that piece of that action. So here's my question to you, and then we'll get ready for the next segment. But I honestly feel like it's more likely that you would have a, a Larva Labs or not a Larva Labs, but like a, a BAC and, and a Punk's marketplace where they could be sold on their own outside of other collections. Like I almost see if they made an independent market, like you said, those are the two blue chips. So take them away from Broken Sea and Looks Rare and, and set up something for just them. And there's some of that utility that everyone's always complaining about. So that's what's good and bad, I guess, if you're the owner of these things about the blockchain, is that they kind of can't, really. Um, the All these are tokens, and there is in a marketplace just for the punks, where you can get unwrapped punks and buy unwrapped punks on their Web3 website and all that from, you know, 2017, whenever it was built. But people can wrap these things. And then with the BayX, they're just a modern token, so things can move them around and all that, like, there's literally no way to stop that 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 part of the equation. It's not like Dapper Labs and Flow that can stop the top shots trading because nope, we we control this blockchain and you're just not committing that commit to the chain or whatever. Like that 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 yes. that upstream is just not coming or whatever, right? Like they can't do that. This is an open token standard. They can't lock it in. Now, what they could do is they could bless it in some way. They could say if you use some certain wallet and you get rugged or something like that, maybe that they'll insure it. Like there's things they could do in the real world that we don't really do in the NFT space for assets and things that are worth a lot of money that I could see them building around that ecosystem to provide value for the people that invest in it because they don't want to just get rugged or whatever by listing things wrong. Like, so yeah, maybe, but that it's not going to like beat open. like there's no, the, 
actually the closest thing to what you're talking about is already with OpenSea. It would just be with them like inside trading or whatever to make sure that other things like <laughs> the funks and the V1s never get listed again. So, yeah, or cake dapes, which still haven't been relisted. We're all learning the importance of decentralization. All right, let's let's take a break. All righty, welcome back. So, John, we we talked about some of the news and and you know intellectual property rights, but what else do you got for the guests this week? Well, you know, one thing I did want to circle back around on is so we had the interview with Ponderware about intellectual property rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that kind of came up in the discussion this week, I was proud to see, happy to see, was the discussion of having Creative Commons uh, NFTs and having a different type of rights, different set of rights. Um, we had the great interview with uh, um, Ponderware and Mooncats, and I kind of asked a question around this. We hadn't really come around to discuss any of that yet, so I'm kind of glad to put them together. So... I guess punk my bags. You know, we you know we're bad about like try not to get into that. But everyone who knows me on Twitter knows that a cryptodes is like my primary PFP. Oh yeah, and those had a pretty good little run after the announcement because everyone said, "Hey, wait a minute! If if you people just going and buying up IP, maybe we want to get into something where the IP kind of sort of can't be owned." So, but with a Creative Commons project, or you'll see CC zero project. What that means is, is that basically the IP is in the public domain. No one owns those toads. I don't own my toad. I don't own the last toad I had. And the person that bought it right now, Gremlin or whatever, doesn't own the toads. He says he relinks all rights to the toads. And so he can't sue anyone. I can't sue anyone. You can't sue anyone. No one can sue anyone. Now, I sat down with Potterware and asked him about this. And they had a very interesting and very Mm -hmm. unique, and I really respected it. And they were like, look, we came to the rights to protect our owners. Like, that's why we established these rights, to make sure that if people want to do things with their moon cats, that they will be protected commercially, that they could go after someone that was, you know, using their moon cat commercially or something. And that, so I'm not saying that one way is 100% right or not right. What I will say, though, is on the creator side, the creative commons model is nice in the NFT world because it allows you to create while gaining liquidity back if needed to for the NFTs that you're basing your creation around. Like I have stories about certain NFTs and for this podcast, and I'll probably never, I, I mean, I won't, I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never sell them. Like if I did, I'd probably have to go and delete all, like bye-bye episodes and stuff. Like there's me and Jeremy even, inside baseball we trade back and forth in this to make sure that those nfts are covered i sold my crypto because i got to the point i realized that the first one i had i just wasn't vibing with anymore i wrote it all the way up and down the we we talked about the rugging last episode and after going through that mountain i kind of just didn't like it anymore i wanted a different one the hexes came out didn't fit in the hex good so I sold mine and I traded around and I got the other one. I didn't delete the story. We didn't delete the episode because the creative common, the public domain part of it means that no one can come after me. The person who owns it now, it's just part of the, the legacy that they have to deal with or whatever. And so there's two ways about this. Um, you know, I think that if you really do want to commercialize, it's kind of a hard model. But so much of this culture is built around meme culture. And is built around people having fun with these things. And 
is not so much utility as much as it is like being in the, the, the zeitgeist, the conversation. And Creative Commons is great for that because you can just go wild with the collection, do any cool thing you think you can do on that side, and no one's going to get on you for it. I don't know, Jeremy, from your perspective, what do you think about all this mess? Man, honestly, it, it typically goes in one ear, rattles around, and comes out the other. I'm like, John, does it make sense to your rights matrix? And if you say yes, I'm like, sweet. If you say no, I'm like, damn it, again? Okay, how bad is it? And can I ape or do I need to just walk away? Okay, so I and this gets me in trouble a lot. Jonathan, why do I care? I'm not making a podcast about little unicorn stories. Like, what's it going to benefit me? Just at an innate level, if you don't own the any of the rights to related to your NFT, then we start to really tear at what an NFT ownership is. It's it's this this really kind of house of cards that no one wants to blow on. I mean, if you, you don't know? own it, then why don't you right click save it? Right at that point, I mean, it, it really is hard to argue. I mean, I get ownership rights because. At one point, I wanted to turn my crypto dad into, you know, my avatar or whatnot and like put it on my business cards, like make it my LinkedIn profile, like just make it me, like find some NFT that I could literally just make my business logo because I own those rights and not have to go pay a logo design artist to do all that crap and just say, well, here's my logo. Here's what I'm going to do. So I get it. But I guess it like the difference between a derivative and a creative commons where like your story on your first toad and a derivative like it, it all just kind of gets gray to me and and that's why i'll say to people out there just worry about if they just care about giving you rights even if you don't have plans to use it it just shows how well thought out a project is where their standards are what they're shooting for are they wanting to be the next bay act or not everyone claiming it right like mm-hmm. do you have the rights lined up buddy another thing i would say too and i think you hit on it perfectly with the idea of the business cards so here we are 20, you know, 22, a lot of meat space still. You're representing yourself to your peers by your business card. One day you'll be representing yourself to your peer in the virtual hover car or whatever. And you'll be damned if you don't want that crypto dad just painted on the hood. Mm-hmm. So that way, the minute you roll up over that virtual hillscape, they go, oh, there's Jeremy, right? Like, yeah. so yeah, today, what you can do with it is kind of limited. But the whole point, why we're all doing this, what does what early mean? It means that we're early before everyone else wants to be represented by these type of assets. And if you're not getting the right to actually be represented by the asset, then what are you getting in this entire deal? Just a pretty picture. You're right. You could write. Actually, probably not. Picture's probably on an Amazon web server. Probably all you're getting is a link to an Amazon web server that's on a blockchain. Someone else playing another thing built for. Maybe they continue. Maybe they don't. There's, that's what a lot of this is. Mm-hmm. And there's not like, you know me, I'll say the moon cats completely on chain on all chain, that, right? generate. Yeah, on I was about to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Yeah, you know, I was going to do that kind of thing, but it doesn't that's not what matters right now in the space. What matters right now in the space. I mean, I plan projects that are those type of projects that actually I like. It makes it fun for memes to pull off the Amazon web servers, makes it quick. But at the end of the day, what we really want to get out of this thing is, well, some of us want to get money, some but but the the goal, the, the overall idea, was these things are supposed to represent us, be our profile picture, be our personal. And 
if you don't own it, then are you actually, is it representing you or is it representing some other entity? And that's where I'd hit the home for something like that. All right, let's change subjects. Done with rights. Thank you for letting me get, a, I'll get off that soapbox and we're about to talk about other chains. No, and you stuff, won't. So right You'll back just on cut it, it so short this go. time. Yeah. It's like, don't say you will. Don't make promises we can't keep. Just say that's yeah. all we got for it this episode. That's all we got. So actually, let's take a real quick break. And then we get back. We're just going to talk a little bit about like what me and him have been geeking on and talking about. We don't talk sometimes enough about what we like about the NFT world. And then just maybe some of the recent experiences we have. We'll be right back. All right, Jeremy. What NFTs are you loving right now? It's bear time. Let's do it. Oh, man, you know it. As you call them, the murder bears, but my bloodshed bears, um, you know, they they came out with some news. They they had an announcement in the Discord, and, you know, I, I was watching them. They had 8,000 of the 20,000 Gen 1 sold and then sold out like eight or 12,000 in a night. So it's got another wave of momentum. Um, they're one of those projects that's kind of doing what we were talking about and, and switching to you know, a, a layer two chain um, in order to make the the P2E part of their game a little bit easier. So I know the Llamaverse is setting theirs up, P2E on Poly, and um, that may be something that, you know, B, BSB does. But Bloodshed Bears, you know, it's 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 probably the most complex P2E I've been in. So I'm super excited about that. And I've got all my generators and treehouses. And it, it's the same basic principle to a lot of the games, but I'm super stoked on that one. Um Let's see, honeys. You know, this week was a big week for our honeys. I got my first kimono, and I got you a kimono with the frog, Jonathan. Really appreciate frog. that. Yeah, that one hit home. That that was that was a fun thing. You know, I've been having a lot of fun with the people in that community, with the art, with the artists. She's very approachable. She's Ooh. happy to talk to you about what's going on. And you got uh, a one-on-one project. Talk about artists. Mm-hmm. I was going to give you more of a soapbox, but he's like, I got the bears out. He just really wanted to talk about the bears. He's been looking for it all week to talk about the bears. That's his life right now. That's his right. bears. I don't even think he's buying the basketball cards even. Like, he's so bared up or whatever. Like I missed um, two pack drops last week because of the bears. But I did not happen in a year, people. That, mm-hmm. that shows how excited about the bears he is. So, so yeah. So, I've been excited about the honeys. I've been spending a lot of time in that Discord. Um, and it's it's been slowly rising. I, uh, you know, I'm, we, I'm not trying to give alpha here. It's just you know, person when I'm into my bag. And, but one thing I like about it and the people around it is that it's made me kind of open up my eyes more to the fact that this year I got really burned out on PFPs. I just did. I know there's still value there. We're still flipping whatever freaking derivative gets popped. Like anything pops, we're doing like a billion derivatives of it. I get even just like the the stupid Kevin thing. And suddenly the Kevins are going for like 0.8. Like I get it. Okay. Y'all aren't done. I'm kind of done. That's why I've been doing like the historical NFT thing. That's why I've been doing all this other stuff Mm -hmm. and a couple others. And I'm not like, you know, I bought some since then. You can't be in this market if you don't buy PFPs. But it's not my interest so to speak, but in this community, so this, the person who started the honeys project, she originally came from a one of one project and built Mm -hmm. up. And she actually has a lot of people in there that are aspiring one of one project makers that she helps build up. That's part of what she does. And it's kind of been made clear to me through discussion that my perspective on one of ones was quite frankly wrong. Um, I get so proud and arrogant about my stupid opinions, but 
I had this idea that you needed a larger collection to have a community around that collection. That I was used to shit coins or bigger than that, even Ethereum and stuff, you know, and they've got millions or whatever, right? So I'm even looking at 10K PFPs and whatever. Like the Mooncats, I remember initially is 24K and everyone now is like, you know, 24 something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And people are against that. But I remember at the time going, that's not that big. (laughs) I'm used to shit coins, you know, like millions in the wallet or whatever. Like, so one of one, are you kidding me? Like, I, it's like, I, I, this is the, this is bad, but I, I used to think like it was just people that were adapting to the the model or whatever, like halfway there, you know, like, I don't know. I just had a real bad opinion about one-on-ones. And part of that was because I was looking at everything from a liquidity basis or like total numbers to community basis or whatever the case may be. But that burned me out. And I was almost done with NFTs. I'll admit to the audience that Jeremy had to kind of almost drag me to this podcast for an episode or two, like just simply because I didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore. But I've kind of hit this renewed interest because I found this world of the one of ones. It's not what I thought it was. There is a community and it's the community of celebration around the artists and the people that they support, the people that they're part of. There's no artist in this space who actually is a one-of-one. Their art might be a one-of-one, but they're going to be part of other collections. They're going to be friends with other people. They're seeking collaboration in other ways. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see the depth there. I didn't see what it took to be in that part of the space. And I'm doing so. I just kind of ignored the the really good art that was there. And so I had this experience. This is where... Mm-hmm. Last night, I had a dream. So I've been looking at a lot of one-on-ones, mm-hmm. trying to like, first of all, just kind of get a feel for it, see if something also could pop. Because at that point, I kind of knew I was going to get a one-on-one sooner or later. But, you know, I, I got that first Mooncat, and I had that emotional tie to it. If I was going to change it around, like I wanted, I just didn't want to do it to do it. I wanted it to be something significant. And so I was looking through all of them, and there's this one collection I really like that we can put, well, you just go to my Twitter feed in the last like week and you'll, you'll see all the stuff on it. And it just spoke to me, I guess, because that night I had a dream about it. I dreamed that I was in this like storytale land and this character, this white demon that was from the artwork um, was trying to speak to me and I couldn't speak back. And, you know, I woke up, was really out of it. Time changed and all that. I, I, I kind of blushed it off. I was like, wait a minute. Like this is, but then I go, wait a minute. I've never had a dream about an NFT before. I've literally been doing this for a year and I've had no dreams about NFTs, man, I should do something about this. So went and got my little man of mass together and I went over there and I told the artist, I'm like, thank you very much. I had a dream about your thing. And by the way, I'm just buying it because I want to make sure I have that connection to it. And you know that this tonight, I showed my son that one and I told the story. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, Iranian folktale that it's based on. And I told, I, I've been reading the today, the Wikipedia pages and all it's actually based off a poem. Um, I cannot read the poem obviously in this native language or anything like that. So I do like anyone does. I just read the Wikipedia page about it or whatever, and a couple of the associated ones. And so I told my son the story and I showed him the art and, um, and Lindsay actually approves Jeremy, nice. which, you know, that's a, 
dunk the ball stamp of approval yeah stamp of approval it. she's only approved two things recently the doggies and that but uh i know yes, right that's awesome i know just, you'll never know what you'll get off on but anyway but i really think that you know i have this new avenue open i probably just need to to do what i'm doing here and feel out my space and and feel where the the passions go but it was nice to have my eyes open i appreciate everyone that had a piece of that so when i like the you know when you get exposed to something like that to me you become a true collector and you are buying it for the art at that point so a lot of us say we're in it for the art and frankly it's kind of bullshit if you're buying pfps all the time to just flip so you can be in it for the art when your project has a distinctive art style um and so i'm not saying it's all bs like there is some validity to that but you definitely put a lot more merit into that statement now that you own a one of one and can say you know i, I truly bought this for the art it, it spoke to me so i like that hey, thank I mean, you at youthquake at crypto stasis and at rosio for really kind of broadening your horizons and some exposure allowing me to be wrong that's actually a hard thing to have the space hey, to be wrong and be corrected. So they don't have to allow men to be wrong. They they have to allow. They're lucky to have a man that admits he's wrong. I didn't Truth say be it. told, <laughs> yeah, we're both husbands. We it's all right. There's it's probably okay. not enough listening that we won't get in trouble with that one. <laughs> so um, anyway, so that's kind of what's been going on with me. That's that's the little journey that's going on with me. Um, I think. The other, only other thing I really I want to talk about that is not me, Jason, but kind of close to it is so it, we're as we're moving into this year, it seems like it's very obvious the story of this year is where to go from Ethereum. Right now, th- this last week, ETH gas prices have been low, but it's not something that you can really count on, right? Especially if you're going to do something like Jeremy's Murder Bears, they're require a lot of gas to do these mechanics. Anything that's going to require this kind of higher-end utility is going to require a lot of gas to do a lot of mechanics. And so suddenly you don't want to be on the ETH chain, maybe beyond the initial sale or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think already this year, we're seeing projects talk about cross-chain type compatibility. We're seeing projects where you know, a good part of the things on Polygon. But then this week, Polygon went down for like a day almost. Damn near a day, yes. And it was quite the backup. Took a long time for all that stuff to come back through and everyone to, and it did, to be fair, you know. But it just kind of shows that current day Polygon still has room to grow, right? Yeah, one of my alpha groups said there were three different groups that had projects scheduled to be released, like their gameplay on Poly that week, and they either completely delayed them or just didn't release them. So, I mean, we're not just talking about minor issues. Like we had email, they would, it was so much of an issue that Llama basically took the text message between him and the Poly dev, and the dev said, We're not releasing, you need to wait 48 hours, let the other two projects that are going to go ahead and go live troubleshoot because we implemented some changes and more than likely there's going to be some issues like it it's going to be good but we are early one of jeremy's favorite people the shadow copy in this space recently already she had put out a tweet on twitter that actually kind of rang to me on this she said that basically said that you got you look for the teams that are bringing liquidity from the outside the teams that are just circling around the liquidity we have in this market, they're not doing anything. They're just, these projects go down, this one goes up. And 
You know, I've been on spaces and I've heard people talk about it, like the same 20,000 people on OpenSea just kind of churning around, throwing money Trading around or whatever. Bags. And, and we definitely see that whenever in this downturn, some things are going up, but some things are going down. Like it's an awesome game in the moment because that liquidity isn't coming in like it was last year. And he, like we got really hooked on in 2021. I think to your point, then the, uh, let's just talk about it out of all the L2, which one's the one bringing in the most bags, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, souls are bringing in a lot of outsiders, but oh, I'm just going to do the thing I do. It's poor people. It's people that can't afford to play on the other ones. So they're not actually bringing a lot of liquidity with them. They're hoping that you'll be the one to give them the liquidity because they got in crypto late. I'm just saying it. That's what it is. Who's bringing in people that actually want to be there for the experience, want to be there for the NFT, want to be there because their favorite thingy is there? It's definitely Dapper Labs. It's definitely Flow. That would be the one that I would bet on to be. And, or maybe, you know, or Tezos. I did say earlier about how Tezos is getting these commercial connections. That's how you win is you yeah. get that money come from the outside market and willing to invest in your marketplace. I don't know what that means for the consumer side, having like a universal music come in on that space, but. We'll see. Um, that that that's the ones that you have the most interested. And I know someone's spitting on the ground right now that like there's some outreach thing for soul. I get it. all of them are trying to get into new pools of liquidity, but you'll have to admit that there's a lot of this space that's built around oh whenever we replace ETH or something like that. I see very little of that in the flow area. Maybe partially because that market is not focused on that sort of thing, and because it doesn't come from the top. You'd never hear Dapper Labs take a mm-hmm. swing at it they wouldn't do it in a million years it's it's not even worth worth the dealing with right that's not so, their business directive or, or objective i mean they're not trying to be that they they think they're a viable alternative in a alternate segment so i mean it that they don't want to be that person it's it's yeah no, and, and y'all are going wait, wait who would do that no i've seen these l1 guys try to dunk on viva leak on twitter like this is not something that i'm making up like in this space egos run rampant and if you think you've got better technology than eth which a lot of them do I'll give you mm-hmm. credit. You can process more transactions because you have less decentralization. Yeah, you can do a lot of great things, but <laughs> that's not what's going to push it further in the market. Okay, enough maxi talk, enough ranting on this, but just want to kind of lay some things out that I've seen going on and it's been happening in this space. Let's go ahead and wrap up, Jerry. All right, Jared, that was a great week this week. So what do you want people to know about? How are they going to find you? You know, you can always find me at MrJerkDake.eth on Twitter. Enjoy your spring break, St. Patty's Day. Just, you know, make it a good month. So at NFT Tales, that's how to get our podcast. We're on all your major favorite podcasts. Hey, you're listening to this. You know how to get there. I'm at Poofy Hair Guy. And uh, be looking on the podcast feed. I've really gotten into memes lately. I'm going to be throwing my best of that I'm making across different NFTs on there. And so, you know, keep an eye on the the, the follow for that. Um, and thank you all very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.